Let's turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. <clears throat> the Lord has our plans and purposes. And we see them here given in this prophetic discourse of Matthew 24. And I didn't choose to preach on Matthew and through Matthew because of this portion of Scripture. It, there's so many other things that we've looked at. I think we, I don't know how many years we've been looking through Matthew, but some wonderful truths, personal application, and here it is in the prophetical realm. Answering the questions the disciples asked the Lord, or answering one of the questions from t- verse 3. In the middle of that, tell us when these things shall be, that is, the destruction of the temple, and the second question, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age? The first question is not answered in Matthew. It's answered in Luke chapter 21. The second question he's answering here in Matthew. What shall be the sign of the coming of the end of the age? So aren't you glad the disciples were inquisitive? Uh, aren't, you, aren't you glad that Peter was a bit blusterous and did things and the Lord gave us a lot of teaching through the apostles and their disciples, uh, their questions, their blunders, their in- inquiries? And so we have that answer given to us. and We've been looking at that or this. The prophetic discourse, Olivet Discourse, because it was given on the Mount of Olives. We've seen the prediction of the temple's destruction, verse 1 and 3, and the prophecies of the tribulation de- delineated. And this is from verses 4 to 51. And on subpoint under that, the attempted deception of the world in verses 4 to 15. And the, the devil has his day. But it's very short. <laughs> And he doesn't have his way much when he has his day. The Lord limits that, and we'll see that tonight. And so he attempts to deceive the world, 4 to 14. Um, He he attempts to destroy Israel, verses 15 to 51, and that's what we're looking at. We saw last time we were together, three weeks ago, Israel's scattering, or part of that, verses 15 to 20 we went to. Um, the flight of the saints at that time, and the saints are the Jewish believers because Christians are already gone. It's those that believe after on the Lord Jesus and mostly speaking here to Jewish people, the Jewish nation. And the fury of the storm at that time is where we're at in verse 21 to 22. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. For these things delineated, outlined, uh, detailed for us in your word and Lord in your long range purpose. You have plans and they will be fulfilled and Lord we see them written down here. And we can't declare ourselves to be ignorant of these things because you have told us about them. And Lord may we be encouraged, enlightened, uplifted. And blessed as we look at these things tonight, in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So the fury of the storm, verse 21 to 22. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. 
Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall be arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. I think the same ones back in verse 22, the elect's sake. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there will there Yes. <laughs> The eagles be gathered together. I sort of didn't realise that was there. I mean, I realised, but not in relation to what I just said. Yes, the carcass was there. And they'll be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give its light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And... And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. <clears throat> so this is part of the portrait. We may get that far. But let's just think of the fury of the storm to start with uh, tonight. And this is under the heading of Israel scattering their flight of the saints and now the fury of the storm. The severity of the great tribulation is spoken of in verse 21 <clears throat> called the great tribulation. Now is this different to the tribulation? There's the great and there's the tribulation that's spoken of in other portions of scripture. Well we could say yes and no. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> is it different? Yes and no. Yes this, this what we have here is more severe than the first half of the tribulation more horrific than the first half no in that it is contained within the tribulation the tribulation seven years the great tribulation three and a half years the last half of this terrible terrible time now to understand the first half is bad you know some people teach pre-wrath rapture it means it's going to happen in the middle of the tribulation they say the rapture is happening in the middle of the tribulation and I say, read Revelation. <laughs> if you want to stay around, you can, but I'm not. Because <laughs> the Lord will del deliver us from the hour of temptation that shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell on the earth. And he, he won't. Our sins have been paid for. The tribulation is to cause the world, and particularly Israel, to repent. We've gotten saved. We've trusted the Lord Jesus. And we don't have to have wrath. <laughs> We, our, wrath, our wrath has been poured on the Lord Jesus for our sins. And that's been paid for. And so, <clears throat> uh, and in fact, if you read in the book of Revelation, half of the world's population is dead by the time of the middle of the tribulation. Before the great tribulation starts, half the people have been killed by different, different activity, different things, uh, terrible things that have come. And they read about them in Revelation. And so <clears throat> there's, this is a severe severe time and it will be a miracle that anyone survives the last half <laughs> but they will in the will of God um, <clears throat> let's look at this, this, this portion of time described in other sections of scripture turn into the Old Testament to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1 
And the prophets have told us, and God has warned us through them, that this time's coming. You know, unsaved people speak of, or talk about what? Armageddon. Uh, Jill was reading somewhere in the paper, and she said, oh, look, they said Armageddon. The, the, the bushfires in California, or the, we call them bushfires here, in California. It's like Armageddon. No, <laughs> it's going to be a lot worse than that. Those fires, I think, have been burning for years and they can't get them out. Daniel 12, getting there, and verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince who standeth up for the children of thy people. Daniel's people were the Jews. And Michael will stand up for them, the angel, archangel. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Uh, when were there nations? You're listening this morning? <laughs> from, from Nimrod on. Um, <clears throat> even unto the same time. And at that time thy people, Daniel's people, Jewish people, shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book of life. So there'll be those that won't be and those that will be delivered. But it'll be a time of trouble such as never has been. Let's go to, that's what Daniel said. Turn to Jeremiah and see what he said in chapter 30 of Jeremiah and verses 7 and 8. And Jeremiah described this day as coming as, Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. That's Israel's trouble. You know, Jacob was renamed Israel. Israel's trouble. But he, Israel, shall be saved out of it. Shall be saved out of it. Verse 8. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off his neck and will burst thy bonds. They will be, they'll be set at liberty, the nation of Israel, finally. And strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Or, or, or rule over them. They'll be delivered from the yoke and sent at liberty. It'll be a time of terrible trouble. It'll be like the birth pains of a woman having a child. It's likened to that in Scripture. Now, Zechariah, minor prophet. If you'd like to turn there to chapter 12 and verse 2 and 3. Zechariah second last book of the Old Testament chapter 12 verse 2 and 3 behold I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the peoples around about when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem when it's besieged and attacked by the nations of the world and in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all peoples. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. <laughs> you know, you can't win when you fight God. And though they all be gathered together in that day. That day is that great and terrible day. And uh, the phrase is used many times here in the book of Zechariah. If you go to the next verse. In that day, so the Lord, I will smite every horse there with astonishment and will his rider with madness and I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the peoples with blindness some, some things are going to happen there and if you had time to detail list everything down and try to say well, what was the prophet saying what was God saying to the prophet 
is it going to be a, a, a fight, a battle with horses and spears? Or is it going to be guns and tanks and aeroplanes? How to fit that in? How could the prophet comprehend what they were? And I, I like that. And they'll come home on wings like a dove. You know, and the prophet's looking at a, a grey old aeroplane coming in, <laughs> bringing his people home. And uh, I was talking with an English couple we visited at Melanda. Oh, they were in Atherton, one of those cup of teas we had. And, and he had been an engineer in the mines out in, and, and we got talking and we just couldn't stop talking. <laughs> and we're trying to, you know, relate some of the things that the prophet said. What, what is he trying to paint a picture of? What, what's he ex describing here? And uh, we're right into it <laughs> there. And, and Joe was talking to Sheila, his wife, and I was talking to Norman, the husband, and we went for about an hour straight in just talking about these, these things. And uh, it's, it's, it's good when you do that. You throw thoughts back and forward and uh, start thinking, well, you know, you, you know the basic, you know the outline, but what is this little detail that's, that's written here? And we we're, were excited about when we'd finished talking. And, and he'd never met me. I, we'd never met each other. But he had the same conclusions. And that's, you know, the Lord works in that way. <clears throat> I do like his, I'm not going to do I can't do this, but that, he retired at 47. <laughs> and uh, he said the best thing we ever did was buy a car in a caravan. And he's now 70-something. And they've just bought a house in Settle Down. <laughs> now that's a long time to be going round. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that opportunity that they had in their life to do that. But they go out to little towns now, and they, they St. George and other towns out there in West Queensland, what do they do? Track the whole place, put tracks everywhere, and then go out to another town, and they go out to another town with a caravan and that. And then they, they spread the good news of the Lord all over the place. You know, it's good that you hear people are doing that, 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 that our, our country is hearing the word of the Lord in their letterboxes, like that. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, that was an encouragement to hear. But anyway, the severity, we're getting back to the severity of the Great Tribulation, chapter 13 of Zechariah, and verse 8 and 9. And it shall come to pass that in the, all the land, saith the Lord, two parts, shall be, uh, two parts in it shall be cut off and die, and the third shall be left. And I'll bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, It is my people. And they shall say what? The Lord is my God. And here Israel gets, what's left of Israel gets saved. And it's saying there that only a third of them make it through that horrible, terrible time. And if you go to the book of Joel, <coughs> that's a, he's a second minor prophet, just two away from Daniel the book of Joel and he's particularly describing this horrible day the severity of the great tribulation chapter 1 and verse 15 and he said it like this alas for the day for the day of the Lord is at hand and as destruction from the almighty shall it come that's what it's described like in chapter 2 of Joel and verse 1 and 2 Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh. It is nigh at hand. 
a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, like the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There shall not ever be like it, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. And it's an interesting little phrase at the end of that, because this is a great and terrible army that comes upon Israel like hordes, like locusts, to devour the land. And I believe it's the Islamic invasion led by Russia. And they, they come there and it's a thick and dark day for Israel. And it's believed that this is what makes them turn to God and say, help, we're done, that we're not going to fight these ones off. And the Lord listens and answers with Ezekiel 38 and 39. And it says, a fire devours before them and behind them a flame burneth. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them and behind them desolate wilderness. Yea, nothing shall escape them. This is how evil, how bad and how wicked this day will be when the invading armies come. The day of the Lord, the great tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, all described in, in these verses. In verse 11, And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. This is Joel 2:11. For his camp is very great. For he is strong who executeth his word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. This is God describing this day. Very terrible. Who can abide it? Amazing, and as it, as it were, that any will survive it. In chapter 2 and verse 30, I'll show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. If those, these prophets who wrote this hadn't seen warfare as we know it. And as you read this, you can start thinking, yep, that describes fire before them, fire behind them, scorched earth policy, total destruction, pillars of smoke. I can't say, but when we get to heaven, say, Lord, was that an atomic bomb? Pillars of smoke. As you look at it, the sun shall be turned into darkness. Why? All the dust and everything that comes up from this war this terrible day, the moon will be blood. When it's a, a bit of a dust storm around here, that's what happens. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And if anybody says it's happened, no. This is the day. This is what it's described. Chapter 3, verse 2. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down. It's in Joel still. Down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will... Uh, plead with them there for my people, my heritage, Israel, not the church, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. So he's going to bring them all down. And this is chapter 25 of Matthew described here in, in brief. I'll bring them all down and I'll judge them as sheep and goats <clears throat> because they parted my land. Remember what Andrew did in Israel? There's a God on the throne in heaven. Israel is his land. Don't divide it outside United Nations there. And um, <clears throat> he's just saying, don't do it. Don't mess with it. Anybody that tries gets their hands burnt to mess with the Lord's people and though they be in rebellion. And then in verse 9 of chapter 3, and this is not all of the references. This is just a few of the references in relation to this terrible day. Proclaim among the Gentiles, prepare war, Wake up, mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up. 
beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears and let the weak say I'm strong. There's another reference in the scriptures, I didn't look it up, but it says the absolute reverse of that. Beat your, um, what is it, weapons of war into plowshares. That's for the millennium, but this is before the millennium in preparation for this great and terrible day. Tell me, folks, do you realise how much the nations of the world today are spending on developing weapons of war? Just unbelievable. America's at the top of the list. Trillions of dollars. Trillions. Uh, Russia is doing it, but nothing compared with America. And I've just read it and I can't remember the facts, but it is enormous. And the things they're developing now, the weapons they're developing, the, they say the next war won't be men on the ground, it'll be, it'll be electronic. If they can't jam all the electronics and have to go back to men on the ground. <laughs> but this is a great and terrible day. This is the great tribulation that's spoken of back here in verse 21. And I don't think you need any more verses to, to show that it will be a terrible time as was not since the beginning of the world, nor ever shall be. Believe the Lord. <laughs> Ordinary persecutions are no patch or match to the great tribulation that's coming. So the severity of the time, the shortness of the great tribulation, and praise God for that in verse 22 of Matthew 24, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. How can you shorten a day? <laughs> it's happened in the past, hasn't it? The Lord uh, stopped the sun going down there. There's two occasions in the Old Testament. But I don't believe that's what he's saying. I'm going to shorten the day. I believe what it's saying here is that there is a fixed time for this terrible time to happen. This great tribulation to happen is a fixed time. And it don't, it's not going to go over that time because if it did go over that time, there should nobody be left. Should no flesh be saved. Because this is what men will do to themselves. They'll annihilate. You know, the unsaved people, if they are thinking people, think this is crazy. <laughs> they want to ban the atomic bomb. And, and you can understand why, but as Christians... We don't have to get all worried about that. Hey, if a atomic bomb went off in Melbourne and you was there, what would happen? Be gone. Be gone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absent body, present with the Lord. That doesn't sound nice. So even if it did happen, no worries, as long as you're a Christian. But <clears throat> this is what would happen. Man's going to self-destruct. Leave man to himself with his old unsaved nature. And that's what he'll do to each other. You know, you shake your head when you see what's happening over in, in the, the bottom of the Arabian Peninsula. Where's that? Um, Yemen. Yemen, yeah, in Yemen. And, and, and Saudi Arabia is doing that to the Yemenites and, the, and the, 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 the rebels that are trying to take over the government of Yemen. And, you, and they're just starving a man. There's millions of people, millions of kids starving. That's what it'll be like worldwide, and no one to come to help. No nation. 
Yeah, no, no ships of mercy, no doctors to be there and nurses to help, no one to feed them. And the shortness of the tribulation. How long is it? Well, the great tribulation is given. It's 1,260 days. That's how long it is. Or, in another verse, times, time, and half a time. That's three and a half. Times, time, and half a time. That's <laughs> uh, three and a half years. Or it's, it's listed as 42 months. I don't think the Lord wants us to be ignorant that God is merciful in only allowing this terrible time. He's, see, for grace, he's extended it to 2,000 years where people are invited. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But in judgment, he cuts it right down to a numbered numbers of weeks or days or years or months. And that's all written in the scripture. And <clears throat> Peter describes this period of time, this terrible day. And I was talking to Brother Rex. Hello, Brother Rex. He's probably listening in up there at Jindabyne. But um, it, we're talking about this portion in Second Peter chapter 3 where in, from verses 10 to 14, it seems that two different and distinct periods are described, not the same. And the, it says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Even water can burn, can't it? And given the right conditions. And, uh, and the earth also and the works therein shall be burned up, seeing that these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons you ought you to be in all holy living and godliness. If this is going to happen, we should, we should really sober up as people and think about spiritual matters. Young people, we ought to think seriously about life and death and eternity. If these things are going to all be gone, obliterated in this terrible day, Think seriously, looking for and hastening the coming day of God. And Brother Rex was saying, notice verse 10, day of the Lord. And then verse 12, day of God. In the different judgments that are spoken about as Peter is speaking. In which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, there's a personal application that Peter makes twice, verse 12 and verse 14. Seeing you, you look for such things, you know this is going to happen, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Make your walk count for the Lord. Make it different. Don't walk according to the course of this world anymore, but according to his word and his will in our lives. Well, <clears throat> the fury of the storm is seen in those two verses and the folly of the sinners is seen in verse 23. This is back in Matthew 24. The folly of the sinners at that time. They receive a lie. For then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or oh, there, this is in the tribulation. This is not now. <laughs> if they say here or there, and they're, they're already doing that now, aren't they? <laughs> Some are saying, I am Christ, aren't they? And some have declared themselves the Messiah. The Jews have got hoodwinked a few times already. And here is speaking to the Jewish nation in the tribulation, don't be deceived. If, he's, if they say, he is Christ or there is Christ, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. 
Who's doing that? Is that the Lord doing that through these false Christs? It's the devil doing this through false Christ at that time. And they shall deceive the very elect. Um, <clears throat> yeah, need to back up to verse 22. I think of that word elect. There should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those believing people, particularly Jewish people at this time, those days shall be briefed down to the three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. And now it talks about the elect. They almost shall deceive the very elect. How many people do you know that have professed to be Christians and now they're in some cult? That's a lie. We know people like that, don't we? What a shame that here in the tribulation it will be no different. They'll be doing the same thing. The receiving of a lie. How will it be that Israel will believe the lie of the devil but they didn't believe the Lord Jesus Christ because of their willful, deliberate unbelief, because of the blindness of their spiritual eyes. And people in the Gentile world are the same. If they refuse to believe the truth, they're going to believe the lie. And Jesus said they would do that. Let's look at the Gospel of Matthew, uh, John. We're in Matthew, John 5 and verse 39. Don't have the wool pulled over your eyes. In other words, be aware, be alert. Young people, as you grow up and take over the reins. We saw the ordination of some younger men, not real young, but younger. And it was good, and Brother Miles mentioned this after the service, it was good to see that other young men were there that had never met these young men being ordained that were pastors, and now they've made a connection. They've got someone to talk with, to fellowship with, to run, run things past. That's good. And that's needed, you know, to encourage one another in the Lord like that. And we need to do that ourselves with each other. Speak often of the Lord with one another. And the Lord looks down and takes note of that. And here in John chapter 5 and verse 39, search the scriptures. For in them you think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me and they will not come to me and ye will not come to me that ye might be have life I receive not honour from men but I know you that ye have not the love of God in you I am come in my father's name said Jesus and ye receive me not if another shall come in his own name what do they do him you will receive. And who is it speaking of? I believe it's speaking of the Antichrist here. He comes in his own name, promoting himself. He's a self-willed person. He's, he promotes himself and says, how good am I? And Antichrist will come and deceive them as it's being warned of them in Matthew. <clears throat> you see, this portion of scripture, Matthew 24, if a Jew in the day of the tribulation, the great day of the, the day of the Lord, has this portion of scripture he'd be able to read it reread it and this portion in that day will be worn out now have a look at your bible close it up and have a look where's yours worn out come on have a look you know where all the pages are wrinkled and and dog-eared or whatever <laughs> you see that's the bit you go to that's the bit you're reading <laughs> And in the tribulation, you can guarantee the Gospel of Matthew 24 and other portions of it will be well worn, 
well read. Now, maybe they'll have a phone like you smarties <laughs> and you'll be looking it up. But do remember that there mightn't be any satellites in that day either <laughs> because all the meteors that come raining down on Earth. And if the meteors don't, they say that in 10 years, if they don't get rid of the space junk up there, they're going to start having accidents. And once a few of those crash into each other, the whole place will be uninhabitable for any more of our little, what do you call them up there? Satellites, <laughs> thank you, satellites. That says, and it's really near at that point, they have to do something. They've given a documentary and, and, and heard that this week, last week, that they uh, are very concerned with all the rockets being sent up by any, and they have to have the right orbit, and they've got all the pieces of junk over a certain size, they're categorised so that they can take them out, or they can send a laser thing up and just move them out, or off the course of others. And I wouldn't like that job. There's just hundreds of thousands of bits of junk up there. But um, <coughs> anyway, get back to here. <laughs> Re they receive the lie of the devil. They would not receive the Lord Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 28, verse 15 and 18, this is called their agreement with hell. And that's what God calls it, that they agree with hell. They agree with the Antichrist. They agree with the man from the pit or the one from the pit because they love not the truth nor the Lord Jesus Christ deceiving lying wonders that are displayed to them <clears throat> as we go back to the book of Matthew he's not here look he's here no he's not there for when the Lord comes as verse 27 says it'll be like lightning shining out of the east and shineth even unto the west so shall also the coming of the Son of Man. There will be no mistaking when Jesus comes. Everybody will know, everybody will see. And uh, you can't say, here he is, look, the little, little, little human over here. No. And even if he does miracles and signs and, and lying wonders, as it reads back in verse 24, don't believe him. And folk today, we could take that warning too, can't we? Have you ever been confronted with somebody that said they've been healed of this or they've done this or they've been in a service where someone's leg grew longer? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. You see, I have relatives in that, in that group, the charismatics. Don't be deceived. It sounds, wow, that's exciting. <laughs> that's something different. Let's go to that church. With they stretch legs and uh, whatever else they declare to do. It's lying wonders. I said, we're challenged by the uncle who does this, who was into it. And um, we said, well, take us there. Show us the person. Let's have the documentation. Let's have the doctor's report of his short leg. It seems to be short legs or headaches. And then get him to the doctor afterward and measure his leg again. Let's have doc, but they don't. Well, someone was raised from the dead. Show us, show us. If that be the case, just say, let's all, well, this is great. So, <laughs> no, well, mockingly say, this is great. And say, come with me, hop in the car, let's go down to Albury Base Hospital. A lot of sick people there, let's get them out of their deathbeds and 
You know, get them raised up again and do all the miracles you want. Let's see it happen. If you can't do it, let's go and get your pastor. We'll take him down there, so-called pastor. <laughs> it won't happen. It won't happen. <laughs> and so in the tribulation, the Jews are hoodwinked by some of them, not all of them, by this sort of thing. Don't be deceived. And notice in verse 25, or down to the, the end there, <laughs> he's here, he's there, don't go there because he's not. Israel's saviour will appear and uh, he will come. We'll, we'll quit there at verse 28. Wherever the carcass <laughs> is, there will the eagles be gathered together. <clears throat> he will return with speed, as we see Israel's saviour in verses 27 to 31. With speed and haste he will return. There's no mistaking, every eye shall see him and accompanying that will be a great slaughter wherever the eagle where the carcass is there will the eagles be gathered together there'll be so much death and these hordes that come down on the middle east and on israel in particular on the mountains of israel there'll be so many dead bodies that they'll have to assign a special gully it's said in scripture where it'll be i think it's on the other side of the dead sea where they bury the dead because there will be so many. You see, we think back of the wars. We just remember today at 11, 11, 11 o'clock, the armistice to the end of the, the war, you know, the First World War. And uh, it was, was that the one, the war to end all wars? Or was that the second, the first one? The war that end all wars. What happened 20, 10, 20 years later, a bit less? Another war. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Laid out and got them all armed up to the T. What are they doing now? They're getting ready for the third one. But Lord willing, we won't be here because the third one is going to be terrible. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the deliverance promised to those who have faith in the living God. They don't have to see signs and wonders. We don't have to have some experience extravagant something that we can boast about but we simply trust that the lord jesus will save us when we confess that we are sinners confess that we are lost and believe on the lord jesus christ to repent and turn from our sins lord thank you for that lord we don't have to have a feeling or a a rush of blood or whatever, but we believe what you have said and what you have done, and that's faith. And without faith, we cannot please you. And I pray tonight, if there be someone that has not exercised faith in the Lord Jesus and his finished work, it may be today, that they also would, as Peter said, flee from the wrath to come and, and trust in the Lord Jesus, seeing all these things shall happen. What manner of persons ought we to be in all holy living and godliness? Bless us as we part and endeavour to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen.